To say the least, life is challenging. There is uh, the challenges of life that come because of health issues. There's challenges in life because of careers. There's challenges of life with relationships. It's just challenging. One challenge after another, and yet in the midst of all of that, Christians know joy. And I'm not going to say those that are atheists don't ever have joy. I would not be so bold as to say that. They find joy in a different way. They may find it in a temporary way. We've been there. There's not a saint in here among us. We've been there. We have sought our pleasures in other than the the word of Jesus Christ. And yet we know today that joy that comes from knowing Him personally. We can come together and laugh as we have this morning. We can come together and break bread as we did this morning. And we can circle together, holding hands and praying and knowing Jesus Christ is there. Always. He is always there. We have done that many a times. Why do we do it? Because we have the faith in our Lord and our Savior. There is none like Him. None whatsoever. And yet, people throughout the beginning of time have have sought false gods. And His Word is very explicit. Those others are truly false gods. When the settlers got to the United States, to the frontier, they would see engraven images that the Indians had. But that's no different than what they had in Europe through many, many decades, hundreds of millenniums of years. And even to this day, so many have false gods. Would you ever feel comfortable with a God that sent you out to kill, murder, maim? Is that kind of a God that you or I would ever even consider? And yet there's hundreds and thousands of Muslims that do believe that. This last week I received some, I'll just say bullet points, four, five, six, seven things that are believed that are in the Quran, and it doesn't have any similarity to this, the good book. So we have the blessing of knowing Jesus Christ. We have the blessing of living in the United States of America. We have the blessing of living in a country that men and women have fought on foreign battlefields for the safety of those of us that are here today. We have the advantage of having police force in our local communities and on the highway and in the state that are always there doing what we have asked them to do, and that is keeping us safe. The blessings roll on and on. I do not see a single person in this room that is starving. And yet, no, Glenn, you're not starving. (laughs) You've got a storage there. Uh, 
but we do have people in the United States that are starving. We do have people in the United States that are sleeping under bridges. They're sleeping in boxes in this massive storm that has just been unleashed on the United States. Many, many individuals are out on the streets. And we as Christians need to have compassion for them. And when we see that need, we need to reach out. Reach out in love to these that are so much less fortunate than us. When we consider the Word of God, we see that miracles are not rare at all in the good book. Not from the beginning or through the end. For those that believe in God, believe in miracles. One of my very closest cousins did did not spend a lot of time, very little time in church. And one time, maybe about 15 years ago, he said, after they wrote the Bible, there's been no more miracles. And his wife jumped on him, and I jumped on him, and we had a come-to-Jesus meeting about miracles. And since then, he's had two massive heart attacks, and he has no qualms at all today about talking about having a, a mighty God. What an awesome God we have. He will tell anybody that will listen about his God. He has his way of getting attention, doesn't he? In the uh, book of Matthew, the 26th verse of the uh, 19th chapter, it says, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. You know, Moses was more of a shepherd for most of his life, or at least those early 40 years that he was out there in the desert with the goats, with the sheep, with sand. And yet God called him to be the deliverer of the Israelites. You and I can just imagine how reluctant he would be and we can understand why he was reluctant. But he not only saw the Israelites freed from bondage, he also saw that mighty Red Sea opened up so the Israelites could walk through it. Who could even envision such a miracle? Moses, before then, couldn't have. I mean, who could envision something that great, that grandeur? But it is nothing too great for God to do. There's nothing too big for Him. For you and me, there are challenges, and there are things that we come up against and we say it's impossible, but for Him, it's not. For Him, it is not. We know people that have been very, very ill. We know individuals that have fought with cancer and the doctors would give up and yet they they live many, many more years 
because our physician is more powerful and a greater healing. Joshua that became the leader of the Israelites, he saw the River Jordan open up so two to three million Israelites could walk across to the other side into the Holy Land. But they had to battle for that Holy Land. We know about the walls of Jericho. Great fortification. If the Israelites had taken them on in a military manner, they would not have gotten in. The walls were that great. But God told Joshua to walk around that, that encampment. Walk around in silence. Walk around until that seventh day. And then they were to go with the bugles blaring and the uh, people shouting. And the walls came tumbling down. Because Joshua did what God asked him to do. How in the world could he even envision such a thing on his own? But God put it in his heart and he was obedient. If somebody would have told Peter, if someone would have told Peter that someday you will walk on water, he would probably say about the same thing you and I would. He would have never believed it. And yet he did. He walked on water. Paul Saul, if you will, was the biggest persecutor of Christians at that time until that Holy Spirit came into him. And we saw miracles after miracles. And I'm going through all of these is because there is nothing impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. Here recently, I, I saw the movie of Unbroken. And I'd heard about it. I'd, uh, I now have the book. I'm looking forward to reading it. But Louis, uh, it's an Italian name, but Louis, my, he's a good friend of mine. Louis and I just have coffee together all the time. But Louis grew up at, and being persecuted uh, as an Italian. Then he learned to run, and he learned to run because people were always chasing him either the law or the other uh, nationalities, but he learned to run and run fast, and he became, an, uh, thanks to his brother, that kept nudging him and pushing him. Does this sound any familiar to you sitting around here? His brother was pushing him and encouraging him. He says, you got what it takes. You can do it. Don't quit, and if you don't quit, you'll be a winner. And this young man ended up running in the Olympics. The one they had in Germany where Jesse Owens won gold, four gold medals and Hitler was saying he was creating a superior race. So that was, a, that was not just a thorn in Hitler's side. That was a spear thrust into his side. And 
But during that same thing, my buddy Louie, he, he also did well. But right after that, he goes into the military, a plane crash, and he was afloat 43 days in the ocean. It's one of the longest stretches in which people survive. And then he had some of the same kind of luck I do because he was rescued, but it was by the Japanese. You know it's going to be a bad day when you look up and it's a big Japanese ship there with you. And two years he went through such torture and such pain that you and I and 90% of the people would break. But Louis didn't. While he was going through this, going through it, he had, if there's a God, where is he? Attitude. Where is this God? And yet he had seen those that would pray, and he at one point even said, God, if you'll get me through this, I will be your servant. I'll do anything. But when he first got home from this terrible situation, he was anything but a Christian. But he went to the Billy Graham revival in New York City, and he walked out early because it was just pulling on his heart to such an extent, he could not sit there anymore, and the next day he goes back and gives his life to Christ, and he became an evangelist. See, all things are possible. There are story after story after story. And you can find them. Please do, because I want to know you're reading it. Go through here. Find the miracles. But no, he has not quit in the miracle business. That is what he does each and every day. He is doing miracles. Not just yesterday. Not just tomorrow, but he is doing miracles today. I would like for anyone that has ever experienced a miracle, either themselves or a family member or a friend, that has experienced a miracle, please stand. Please look around. Those at the front, look back. Those in the cheap sheets at the back, y'all can look forward. Someday we'll save y'all also so y'all can sit up here. You may be seated. Our God is an awesome God. And as we read his word, he talks to us. Oh, there might be a book from John or one from Mark. Might be some from Moses. But they've recorded the words of God. And these words are for you and me. So that we can have that closer, closer bond. 
Matthew, the 6th chapter, the 33rd verse. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all of these things will be given to you. But seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. Seek wisdom, just like Solomon did. Seek wisdom. Put him as a priority in your life. And your life will be changed. Not just for 2018, but it will be changed forever. And the more you learn, the more you'll want to know. And you can spend more and more time with Him. I love it that some of y'all as couples sit down and read the Bible together or you have a devotional book. It has a scripture of the day and then the notation. Those are powerful. They're great for discussing. Discussing what's in your heart with your spouse or with your children. Include your children. Let them see. Let them hear. Let them see while mom and dad see in Jesus Christ. Not just on Sunday, but every day. Colossians, the first chapter. The ninth verse, we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge, with the knowledge of His will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Growing in the knowledge of God. You know, in uh, the insurance business, I graduated from tech, go up to Hartford, Connecticut, and they put us in a school that was a full year. They wanted us to understand every insurance policy. But they didn't just hand it to us. We had to study it. We had to read it. We had to discuss it. And it's the same way here. Read it. Study it. Get some kind of guide that you can use that will interpret it for you. But seek Him and seek that knowledge. Seek that wisdom. And your life, not just 2018, is going to be changed forever. Not just 2018. But there's got to be a start. And maybe the 7th of January, 8th of January, 2018, hopefully that is a start for you and for me. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you seeking wisdom. We come to you because we know with you there is a special peace that we receive. That during the troubled times of our life, there is a calmness. For we know you are with us. How do we know? Because your word tells us. We seek you. We seek wisdom. We seek peace. Go with us, Lord. That these gifts we will receive and we will know that you are the one that has provided. 
For it's in Christ's name that we pray.